Uh, I'm going to help to go from Joshua chapter 6. But I want to bring us to that point. If we begin in Joshua chapter 1 reading, we find that Moses was dead. The Lord took his body and the Lord buried him himself. Uh, that's teaching us in types and shadows. That's what we've been going through recently. Uh, it's teaching us in types and shadows of God fulfilling the law and the prophets. God buried Moses. God fulfilled the law. We're now dead to the law. Moses was a representation of the law. They came into the land of Canaan. The land of Canaan is not representative of eternal heaven. Egypt is a type of total depravity. God parted the Red Sea and brought His people through there when God parted the Jordan River and they entered into Canaan by faith when those priests bore the Ark of the Covenant, a type of Christ, and the water stood up upon a wall as a wall. It's a type of Christ bringing us into the very land that God promised to Abraham and to his seed after him for an everlasting possession. It's a type of God giving us life by the Spirit because faith is the fruit of the Spirit and God bringing us into the land of Canaan which is a type of the New Testament church as physical Israel was a type of spiritual Israel. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go to chapter 6, but bear in mind where we are. By faith they crossed the Red Sea. One man had faith, Moses, a type of Christ. By faith they crossed the River Jordan. As Steve has pointed out, God is the judge. God parted the Red Sea. God fulfilled the law. God parted the River Jordan. God brought us across as on dry land. God brings you into His kingdom. Back to Colossians, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. God has brought them into Canaan. And here in chapter 5, we see... I'm going to back up to this. This hit me last night about midnight as I was trying to read some. The place they're at. God has delivered them. These people have seen Egypt. These people have seen Jordan. These people are now in Canaan. And here in verse 13, to have a place to start to move to the sixth chapter, realize who delivered them and realize the power and the wisdom of God. Verse 13 of chapter 5, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, and I'll get into Jericho a little bit more in the next chapter, that he, Joshua, lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man. Now this man is the angel of God. He's not a little blonde-haired pretty girl with a halo on his head and wings. You will not find an angel in the Bible who's not male. You will not find an angel in the Bible with wings. The only place you see them is in Zechariah, and they're both idols which led God's children astray. This is the angel of God. 
regarding which food will you take, as Steve was saying, you're going to take the food of tradition and the food of the world. Angels came in in the Babylonian captivity because the pagans painted them on the walls. Joshua sees this man over him. He's higher than him. He's against him because this is Christ who is righteous, the pre-incarnate Son of God, and we're sin. He had a sword drawn in his hand. Catch that. Mm-hmm. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, I'd like to stay on this, but I'm going to move the text. Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Are you for Israel? Are you for God's elect or for you God's, for God's people? Or are you for our adversaries? Those in Canaan that God promised to drive out. Those in the world that God promises to protect us from and deliver us from daily. And he said, Nay, but as captain, this is Christ, as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. For this is the pre-incarnate Son of God. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Does that not sound like Paul? As he was born of the Spirit on the road to Damascus? What wilt thou have me to do, Lord? Steve mentioned him going about to imprison and put to death the church. And Christ revealed Himself to him. Joshua didn't know who this was. Are thou for us or for our adversaries? But he knew when he told him who he was. He knew when he revealed Himself unto him who he was. And just like Paul called Him Lord. And the captain, the Lord's host, said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. Just like Moses in the bush that burned with fire and was not consumed. This is holy ground. What does that mean? That means you're in the presence of God. You stand before God. You, this congregation, stands before God today in His presence by His grace because our captain is with us. And Joshua did so. Now come to the text. And you pray for me. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. Jericho is a city. I can't recall the name. They worshipped a moon god. A pagan deity. They represent either the natural man or the wicked. If a god's child is taken away in that. God will deliver him from it. We know that. I'm just giving you types and shadows from this true historical event. Reading earlier of those who say this was made up to glorify a king. This is not made up. This is inspired by the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit of God. If there's any truth in this dark, sinful world, it's in here. Now Jericho is a city with walls around it. History records it as possibly the oldest city, period. 
and possibly the oldest city or, or the first known city leading to believe it's the oldest city that had walls around it. When we think of walls around a city, oftentimes I think of the old forts and the westerns and the Daniel Boone shows with logs and walls around it. It's not the type of wall this was. These walls are very high. They're 30 feet across. They even got houses built in the wall. That's how big these walls are. This is a city representing wicked people carried away in the natural man and all that's entailed in that. They've got a huge wall with a steep incline to protect themselves from those outside. We're safe. We're secure. We are here protecting ourselves. No one can come at us. None can conquer us. The only way to enter these cities was as the Rome did at Masada was to, to pile up dirt and rock and make a way over months of time to eventually get into it. As a matter of fact, armies in those days would just surround the city till they all starved to death. There was no way to get in. And they're there. And they're feeling secure and protected in their own nature. But they haven't met the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now catch the writing. Jericho was straightly shut up. Why? Because of the children of Israel. They had seen what God can do. They had heard what God had done. Rahab herself, chapter 2, Joshua, talks about we've heard what God did parting the Red Sea. We've heard what God did when your nation destroyed the kings. We've heard these things, how great. And we know that your Lord, your God, is Lord of heaven and earth. They'd heard these things. And for this reason, for this reason, no one would go into the city and no one would go out of the city. Now just exactly what our brother Steve was just teaching us. When the children of Israel were there being led of God, obeying what God had given them to do and all the rituals and teachings of the law, even though they misinterpreted it and corrupted it, but they were eventually, but in, in, in that day, the world was afraid of God's people because God was with them. Well, He's with them anyway, but when we're obedient, it is more so manifested to God's people and to those in the world that we are God's children. Well, as Steve said, there's something about them. They're different. Their God is with them. Their God is God. Our God is nothing. Now, brethren, I'm going to tell you, with all the evil in this world and politics and everything else going on, don't have to talk about it. But with everything in this world, 
upside down, carried away in sin and death, if God's people, the buck stops here, if God's people would seek the face of God, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, our governments, the governments of men, society would look at us and they would straightly be shut up. They would not be so proudly rampaging as they are today. People talk about, well, the Bible prophesies of a great falling away. Yes, it does. But I'll have you to know this, the Lord God does not cause that falling away. The sin of Adam and his seed causes that falling away. Our very nature and the things within us. Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, look here, Joshua, come here. Let me tell you something. I, God, have given unto thine hand Jericho. Don't tell me there's no hell. Don't tell me there's no destruction. God made the wicked for the day of destruction. Okay? Romans 9. If I can find it quickly, I'll make a point with that. Fitted for destruction. Who fitted them for destruction? Adam. They fitted themselves to destruction. But it also talks about the vessels of mercy. That's the children of God. What's the purpose? That He would be glorified. Now, the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I've given unto thine hand. You've got power over it. It's in your hand. We're in the hand of God. He has power over us. And thank God that nothing can take us from His hand. I've given into thy hand Jericho and the king, the ruler, the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, their soldiers, their generals, their captains, their lieutenants, and the troops themselves. I have given them unto thine hand, Joshua. Joshua of Ty, of course, is a type of Christ. And that teaches us that everything, period, is in the hand of Christ who is God manifest in the flesh. But we are with Him. Watch this as we go through. The mighty men of valor, we don't have to fear the world or the things in the world, leave me alone and let me worship my God. And you shall come past the city. This is Jericho. All you men of war. He's speaking to the men of Israel. He says the men of Israel are going to come past this city. They're going to surround it. Remember, I believe last week we talked about the 600,000 foot men that came out of Egypt when God led them out. That's not including women and children and old men and those that were not able to draw the sword. This was talking about the soldiers, the foot troops, the footmen. So the footmen, what does he say? 
You today are the militant church. We're the military of God in this world. They were armed with swords. We are armed with the sword of the Spirit. We walk with Christ. Let's prove that. You shall compass the city, all you men of war, and go round about the city once. You're going to go around the city and you're going to circle it one time. Around these great, huge walls where these men lived behind, you're going to circle it once. Can you imagine the thoughts of the Palestinians who were within Jericho? They're still fighting today. They still hate Israel today. Look at these foolish people out here with swords. We're behind these 30-foot walls. They look at us the same way today. But these stupid Christians believing in a man dying on a cross would save them or could save them? Even as the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets. Here, brethren, is the preaching of the Gospel. Okay? It does not give you life. It brings life and light, life and immortality to light. The dead cannot hear the trumpet. The living can only hear. If God has quickened you and given you life, then you may hear the Gospel. This trumpet is the Gospel. Okay? It was a call to assembly, a call to alarm, to assemble, to worship God in the law. These seven priests, that's a number of completeness, in types and shadows teaching us of the complete, the complete ministry that Christ has given us here in the world. I'm not going to have time to get through with this. I'm going to take it up again next week probably. Forewarning. But... It shows us the complete ministry that Christ calls in the world. Someone might say, well, if it's complete, why do they need another? Why do they need me? Jesus Himself telling us, pray to the Lord of the harvest that He would send laborers into the vineyard. We ought to be praying that God would pour to add laborers into the vineyard that God would call His ministry, that God would pour the Spirit upon His ministry, and I'm going to say this, of evangelism, if it's God's will, that they would be out, as the Lord said in the Scriptures, out bidding, the, bidding them from the highways and the hedges into the house of God. Well, you might get one of there that don't belong. If we do, the Lord will handle that. We are told to go in the highways and hedges. Period. I don't know how. I haven't been taught that. Nobody's ever taught me that. Since the 1830s, we've sat on our hands. 
And we didn't before then. Because a missionary wanted to go off somewhere and do something, we sat down. God help us. Is there any doubt we're here because God sustains us? That's the only way. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. On the side, I can do this. I can do this. Because this repeats itself. On the seventh day, what is that teaching us? At the time prepared of God, mm-hmm. that the ministry would be in this world, in the New Testament church. Matthew 10, we find Christ speaking to His disciples. He says, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, verse 5, and into any city of Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't go to the Gentiles. That time was not yet. This was the time. Just as there was a time that John the Baptist would prepare the way for the Christ to come into the world and pay the sin debt of His people as a sacrifice to God in heaven, not to us. There was a time when God had prepared, ordained, and would send His ministry into the world. The first part of that ministry was go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's the elect of God that were in the world in that time. Didn't say all Israel, because all Israel are not of Israel. It's not the children of the flesh, but the children of the promise that God would send His ministry to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and they would be gathered. And I dare tell you without a doubt, they have been gathered because that day is over. The lost sheep of the nation of Israel, when it still existed, God gathered His people out and now Israel exists no more. And there was also a time in Acts 13.46 when Paul looked at those Jewish leaders and said, seeing you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. There was a time known, ordained of God that God would begin to gather in His elect from the four corners of the earth. God's elect among the Gentiles. Now, these seven trumpets and these seven priests. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. Exodus 19. There's another long blast. There's a long blast. And God would appear on the mountain that was the sounding of the trumpet. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long, verse 19, chapter 19, Exodus, when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, that not means we're supposed to get up here and scream, although I get loud. 
You forgive me for that? It's exciting. It means that the voice, the sound of the Gospel is going to be loud. It's going to have people hear it. Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. The Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain. The Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain, top of Christ. And Moses went up and the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people lest they break through the Lord and gaze. The point being, the point being the Gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. It is a long Sound. It is a loud sound. It's an everlasting sound. As long as there is time, the gospel will be preached. When we arrive in heaven in immortal glory, we will see not by faith but by sight. The gospel will not be preached. Therefore, we shall see him as he is. What do we preach here? Christ and him crucified. What will we see there? Christ, the King of glory. And when you shall hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout. Proclaiming the Gospel. Living the Gospel. Their conversation, their walk in the Gospel. In the armor of God. And the wall of the city shall fall flat down. That means these 30 foot wide walls will collapse. And that they did. You want to think about the Twin Towers and how they melted and fell at the hands of Satan's Islam? It does not stand before what God does. They collapse. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before Him. Lord, help me get this brief. Joshua prepared these people. He told them what they were going to do. Verse 9, the armed men went before the priest and blew the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark. That's the rear guard. Steve mentioned the armor of God that's been on my mind for two days. It has no rear armor. Dan and Israel, the tribe, was the rear guard, the rearward of Israel, organized military. We find in the book of Isaiah, where it is written, the Lord Himself is your rearward. What I take by that very quickly, what we take, the ministry, is that when we are walking in the armor of God, ever pushing forward toward the high mark of the calling of Jesus Christ, that God protects our rear. Mm-hmm. Now, The armed men went before the priests that blew the trumpets, the church, the militants, and the rear would come after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. What do we need to be doing? We need to be preaching the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I've actually heard this from the stand. I saved my preaching for the church. I'm not going to preach to anybody outside the church. God forbid! How long will we be stiff-necked and disobey God? Our entire life should be a ministry. Why preach to the heathen? Do you not realize that God will manifest His justice to all when those that refuse the gospel of Jesus Christ are cast into the lake of fire? 
And do you not realize that the Gospel is the means by which God calls His children to the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ? They come into the church and follow Christ. And yet we sit on our hands. We need to be blowing the trumpet. And Joshua commanded the people saying, Ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. There's the appointed time of God. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I bid you shout. Then you shall shout. We saw that in Matthew 10. Go. Preach. So the ark of the Lord can pass the city. The city going about it once and they came to the camp and lodged in the camp. I'm going to do this quick. Bear with me. Joshua rose up early in the morning there's Christ coming from the tomb. It's type and a shadow of Christ rising from the dead and the ministry of Christ and the preaching of the Gospel. Seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns. They did this one day. They did this two days. And on the seventh day, they rose early the dawn of the day and could pass the city as they had been doing. Only on that day they could pass the city not once, but seven times. Completeness. And it came to pass the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. This was a military victory that God fought and gave to them. But let's look in types and shadows. Very quickly. This is the preaching of the gospel blowing the trumpet which delivers a child of God from ignorance when God teaches you and you worship God and you hear the sound of the gospel and your soul is fed with bread from above and Christ above all things is glorified. Now let's finish this up. He that came in without a garment. Watch this. Watch the mercy of God. Do you remember chapter 2? The spies came in. Rahab took them. They came seeking the spies. Rahab hid them on the rooftop under flax. She lowered them down the wall, told them go hide. And they went and hid and the men stopped searching. They told her. She said, remember me. I've heard it said she was in a brothel. That's not what the Bible says. Remember my father. Remember my mother. My family. When God, your God, blesses you and delivers us into your hand, remember me. That was done by faith. Faith is the fruit of the Spirit. That means she was born of God. Which, by the way, means she stood among the elect of God. Okay? This harlot? Well, that woman's a harlot. She can't come into the church. She used to do this and that. Hard-hearted men refusing to enter the kingdom of God and forbidding others to come into the kingdom of God. Christ gave repentance. We're to say, enter. Enter. They told her, you mark where your house is by that scarlet thread. You want to see a type and shadow? That line of the lineage of the elect of God and the blood of Christ. This harlot 
This woman was taken with her family. She had faith. She was a child of God. She didn't. They weren't brought into the camp. Well, they didn't come into the church. They wasn't in the camp. Did Christ not go without the camp? Did Christ not preach to the woman in John chapter 8 taking adultery? Probably, I think, with one of those Pharisees or Sadducees who were with her, this woman was taken in the very act. What say ye? The Lord wrote on her heart. The Lord wrote on the ground like He writes on our heart. Let he that is out sin cast the first stone. They all were convicted and went away. They were ashamed. What did the Lord tell her? We're those not accusers. No man doth condemn me, Lord. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You'll never convince me that she did not come into the church. Do we not see a well-known prostitute washing the Lord's feet? Let's get off of it with this self-righteous judgment. If we make a mistake and we bring somebody in the church or accept them when they want a home and they come in and they're not supposed to be here, the Lord God will handle that. Okay? I tell Steve this. I'm going to tell y'all. I know of a very factual event where a man wanted to join the church and he was effeminate and some of the old deacons there didn't like it. And they received him in the church and baptized him. And about six months later, that man died. And what a joy he had for six months being in the house of God, one whom God had given repentance. Now, I don't want to stand before the God of eternal glory and explain to him why I turned away a child of God who's a sinner like me. And I kept him from coming into the kingdom. God have mercy. Joshua saved Rahab the heart of life and all her father's household, verse 25, and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel. Is she not in the camp? Even unto this day. Look at this harlot, Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, in the genealogy of the Son of God Himself, the man Jesus Christ. Because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. She hid the messengers by faith. She hid the messengers because God worked a good work in here. But don't you ever mistake this. She was rewarded as she lived in this world by what she did. And God blessed her. Things to consider.